Record-setting gas prices and congested roads have made long commutes an even worse ordeal. InfoTrack's Taryn McCall has some surprising advice that could ease your trip to work. Taryn? Thanks, Chris. Our guest is Brian Carr from the Clean Air Campaign in Atlanta. They work with employers, commuters, and schools to improve air quality and reduce traffic congestion in Georgia. And we'll see what lessons they've learned that can help the rest of the country. Brian, talk for a moment about your group's basic philosophy, that is, improving traffic not by increasing the capacity of the streets and highways, but by cutting the number of vehicles on the road. It starts with supply and demand. You think about the notion that the southeastern United States has been a really hotbed of growth over the last couple of decades here. And what that means is that we've got more people streaming in and the road capacity has failed to keep pace. So you've got incredible amounts of congestion and you have a couple of choices. You can either increase the supply of roads or transit options or other things, but that costs money. Or you can work on the flip side of that, which is to decrease demand by reducing the amount of peak travel that's happening on roadways by making it spread out more and giving people more options that don't necessarily involve driving alone in a vehicle on a punishing commute to and from work. I understand that your group was able to create a 20% increase in alternative forms of commuting. First of all, tell us about the different forms of alternative commuting. Absolutely. It's pretty simple in that alternatives to the normal commute for most people would be anything involving not driving alone to and from a job. So that could be carpooling. One carpool could take a couple of cars off the road if you had a couple of carpool partners to share the ride with. A van pool is another option. Van pools are just basically like large carpools that can hold up to 14 passengers and a driver and travel long distances without having as much burden on all those individual drivers. Another option that's really taken a huge meteoric rise here is telework in Metro Atlanta, which basically subscribes to the notion that the best commute is the one that doesn't even involve a commute in the first place. You get up and go from your bedroom to your home office, and there you are. You're ready to work. Beyond that, bicycling and walking, riding transit, those are other options that have also seen some nominal increases in usership. And what were some of the ways that you got both employers and employees to switch to some of these alternatives? Well, the biggest thing is that the Clean Air Campaign is set up to help employers from the standpoint of improving the workplace. And what that can mean for the employer is consulting efforts that we take on. We had one employer that saved about $100,000 by not having to have an extra parking lot made because they got more people to start carpooling to work, which reduced the need for more parking spaces. So from the consulting side, that's how we help employers. We actually get employers to support these programs that encourage their employees to use alternatives to driving alone. And we've been wildly successful with getting those employers on board and then helping them to expand these programs so that they can offer multiple options at any given work site. On the other side of it with the employees, the Clean Air Campaign offers financial incentives. We actually pay commuters to make the switch from driving alone. This flagship program pays drive-alone commuters $3 a day to make the switch from driving alone to an alternative, and that's up to $100. And where do you get that money? That money comes from a grant provided by the federal government, 80% of which is leveraged, and then to receive that grant, we must then raise a 20% match from corporate, state, and local sponsors. Does alternative commuting seem to go up and down with the price of gasoline? It does appear that way sometimes. I mean, you can go back to 2008 and see that the tremendous volatility of gas prices did bring more people into the fold in terms of program participation. We actually burned up a couple of fax machines in the process because we had so many people applying 
for those incentives programs. But when gas prices did go back down, we saw participation go down marginally as well. But the good thing is that for those that did continue to participate in these programs, a study that was done independently showed that about three in four commuters that participated in that $100 incentive program were still using alternatives a good year to year and a half later because they had discovered the benefits and realized that they could insulate themselves from the volatility of gas prices if they didn't go back. Are there organizations similar to yours across the country? There are other organizations working in the same exact field. It's called Transportation Demand Management. So this is a project that certainly has enough pull nationwide where more state agencies are looking for partnerships instead of building a way out of traffic congestion to help make better and more optimal, efficient use out of what's already there. Brian Carr from the Clean Air Campaign in Atlanta. Brian, give us your website address. That's at cleanaircampaign.org. Well, thanks for talking with us today. Thank you so much. And for InfoTrack, I'm Taryn McCall. That'll do it for this edition of InfoTrack. To learn more about this or previous InfoTrack shows and guests, visit us online at talkzone.com. InfoTrack is produced by Syndication Networks Corporation. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer, and I'm Chris Whitten. Thanks for listening, and join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack. InfoTrack.